Hello. Hello, stranger. Hi, stranger. And welcome back for the kickoff of season three of From From the the Lower Level. If you've missed us and forgotten who we are, I'm Moshi. And I'm Patrizio, and I keep my best pot stirring for the kitchen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But the truth is, I know that you don't. I know that you keep that just for your everyday shenanigans. Shenan- <laughs> shenanigans. 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 <laughs> I, I know we're not going to talk about it, but I just want to say that after watching Dallas, why is it okay this season to make fun of everything that Carrie says yet at the beginning of the episode at the the beginning of the season Dr Moon was basically cut for it and yes everything that Leanne said last season was completely racist but everyone was like never make fun of Carrie and this season that's they're like totally making fun of her accent just an observation I'm I just want to know when we decided it was okay to make fun of Carrie's accent I'm just confused but is it her accent or is it just her lack of knowledge of words? So I actually think it's like, obviously the words are like Australian words, but I sort of also think of like my parents and sometimes they will hear the intonations of something completely different because of like the accent or the way words are said where they're from. So like, yeah, maybe shenanigans, like that kind of linguistic sort of thing is not said. Uh, where where Carrie's from, but so when she heard it, she heard shenanigans. Do you know what I mean? I think she was just drunk. Okay, well, there's that too. <laughs> anyway, so much has happened <laughs> over the last two weeks that we're away. If you haven't already listened to our bonus episode that we released two weeks ago at the height of all of the Jen Shah shenanigans. Um, please go and check it out to get up to date on that. But what other news has been happening, Patty? Like, mention it all, please. I feel like there's been a lot of like franchise updates, right? Mm. We have had trailers being dropped, you know, New York's trailer dropped, Beverly Hills trailer dropped. You know, I just want to say about New York. I think the lesson that I have learned so far in 2021 is that you cannot stand a housewife. And last season, I really loved Leah on New York. And I watched the trailer and I can already tell I'm going to hate her this season. Do you think? Has has she gotten a bit too big for her boots? I, look, I don't know what it was. I was getting a vibe. It was a vibe check. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. I think it's just that thing. I think, um, like, it's just, we would say in Australia that Leah possibly needs to pull her head in. It's a bit of the old tall, tall poppy syndrome. Somebody gets incredibly famous incredibly quickly and obviously they start to see themselves in a different light and think they can behave a certain way because that's what the audience expects. But I think we also know that the trailers always give us, like, the juiciest bits, right, without any context. Yes. Well, I don't know. I think 
it has been so long now since this trailer has dropped. I've actually completely forgotten it. Um, I just have Beverly Hills in my head at this point. Beverly Hills, I just want to say, I hate their intro looks. <laughs> You're not here for the jewel tones? I think it looked messy. Ouch. I think, like, no, not happy with it. But, like, Erica Jane, oh, my God. I bet you, you know how you were saying they just give us the juiciest bits? The only things that she's mentioning were in the trailer. Like, that's Yeah, all. I, I actually really believe that. And I believe we'll get nothing else. I 100%. I, yeah, that's totally what I think is going to happen. But, you know, congrats to Sutton. Um, I was reading that uh, Sutton is only the second housewife in housewives history that has been promoted from the friend role into the housewives role. Dolores is one. No, I don't think she was ever like an official friend of. I think she was like a guest. Because there's like, I feel like, well, I don't even know. I feel like there's like appearance, guest, like friend of. Okay, interesting. So who's the other friend of? I can't think of it. Brandy. Zanville. Oh, was she? I just you see, Brandy's so iconic that I just assumed she was a housewife all along. But no, you're absolutely right. She wasn't a housewife all along. No. So, you know, Sutton's obviously done something something right. I it could have been her talking about the leather pants. I don't know. But, like, I am here for her emotional breakdown because I think it's going to be epic. <laughs> wow. I don't, I'm not going to say that I'm not here. I'm here, not here for Sutton's emotional um, breakdown. But I suspect it's that she's managed to, to kind of say, like, okay, you're never going to be able to see my kids. I'm not allowed to show that side of my life. But I'm going to give you 110% of everything else. What do you reckon? Well, I mean, and the fact that she bought like Kyle Richards' old home and is now renovating it with what it looks like to be the help of Kathy Hilton. Like it's all just <laughs> like, it's, that's how you get, you know, you just have to like, what is it? Like hitch your wagon to like somebody else. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Hitch a ride is. on someone's wagon. You're hundred percent right. Right. That's what she's done. And like, girl, she's, she's figured it out. Um, I guess in other breaking news this week, you know, we've had some cast reveals. I just want to touch on briefly, Esther D is coming back next season on Real Housewives of Cheshire. Never been happier. uh, You know what that tells me, though? That other woman that she hated is gone because I don't think Esther would have come back if that other one wasn't there. I don't even remember her name. She was boring. She's the one that kept, like, she was boring. Okay. She's, She's the one that did the vow renewal. And she cried a lot. She was she's the attention seeker. Look, you don't even remember who she is. That's how irrelevant she is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm usually really good, but who did a vow renewal on Cheshire? I don't know. She's like horny with her husband all the time. Like she was kind of she became like really good friends with Dawn. And I think Are you talking about was... Seema? No. Because I'm like, Seema is going nowhere. Well, Seema's been going nowhere for multiple seasons. But oh, like... it's like I see the face, but I'm not interested. As long as Lystra is still there, but I'm pretty sure Lystra's not coming back. Mm-mm. Oh, well. But you know who else isn't coming back? You know, rest in peace, Real Housewives of Melbourne. It was a double homicide this week. Gina Liano and Lydia Schiavello. Oh. I mean, icons. But you know what I'm hoping is going to happen? 
Gina and Lydia are going to have their own show. That's what I'm wondering. Like, I would love to see that. Or to be honest, I'd really like to see Gina do a reality show with her sisters. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I don't, I don't know if her sisters want the same kind of fame. Trust me, they do. And (laughs) it would be great if they did. So, I mean, a bit of Aussie trivia is Gina's sister, Bettina, is a fashion designer. And she had a denim label that throughout, like, the 90s and 00s was, like, the shit. Like, those jeans cost a lot of money for, like, young people to be wearing. And you were always buying them. I remember I bought a pair with, like, some money that I saved. These were, like, $200 jeans. Anyway, now her jeans are available at Costco for, like, $30. So, $30. So her family has, like, an interesting history. They've been, like, Melbourne kind of stalwarts and on the social side of Melbourne for, like, 20, 30 years and I think it'd be really interesting to see that. Similarly, I mean, Lydia Schiavello was married to like one of the biggest kind of magnet families in Melbourne when it comes to architecture and building and design. Like they build basically every office building in Australia. And then I guess we also need the Grollos. So we need that like trifecta of the European migrant families that are like at the upper echelon. It'd be interesting. I'd watch that. Arena, let me know if you need me to produce. Foxtel, I'm here if you need that show to produce. I can help. Well, actually, it was interesting. I read today as well that apparently Lydia wasn't meant to have come back this season originally before the pandemic, Um, but she was brought back. She had already, like, left, and then she got brought back because... Jackie Gillies had decided to leave the show so she could pursue making a family in Newcastle. So apparently Lydia was already on the way out. Gina was already on the way out. But it is still incredibly sad, distressing. And you know what? If this season tanks, I won't even be mad. To be honest, though, with Janet Gamble, I mean, Jackie, okay. But with Janet and Gamble there, you know the shit's going to hit the fan. They love to stir the pot and they're good at it. Well, you know, another pot stirrer I would say would be Marg from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Her book finally dropped Caviar Dreams on a Tuna Fish Budget. I thought the interesting thing was apparently she was meant to be on New Jersey Housewives in season six, six. Yeah. instead of Amber. Can you imagine? I think that season would have turned out probably quite a bit better than what it did but I'm also glad that she joined when she did also I think that was just such a bad trashy season I think the well she said that she was already involved in another reality show so it sounds to me like but the other thing is like I'm glad that like she didn't join housewives until kind of like she'd already been sued and stuff like I don't think we wanted somebody who was like going to be really exciting for the show and then have like a huge financial issue on the show I feel like Teresa's already done that. We don't need somebody else going through that as well. Oh, there's so many legal issues with these housewives. Yeah, I think you sent me a really great meme that Faces by Bravo had posted where he'd answered like a Twitter question, which was like, who is like the most iconic friends, friend of on Housewives? And he just showed the IRS. <laughs> and I was like, 
where is the lie? At this point? <laughs> yeah, like, I literally screamed. I was screaming. I was just like, that was actually like, I mean, it's funny because it's true. Um, yeah. Well, Moshi, I mean, it's hard to get all the news over the last two weeks, but they were the highlights for me. Shall we proceed with this week's episodes of Real Housewives of Atlanta, Dallas, and New Jersey? Yes, please. Episode 17 of Atlanta. It's the second last episode. I, like, didn't know when this season was ever going to end. It's been so long. Yeah, it's like, ending in uh, May, like, the first week of May, and then we should go into reunions. Oh. Well, you know, some some of the drama that's been happening over the last couple of weeks is this whole, like, Marlo, Portia, I don't know, frenemies. Are we, is, I think they're frenemies at this point. Or, like, I think frenemies is a great way to describe kind of what's going on there. Or it's like a one-sided friendship. Like Marlo wants to be friends with Portia. Portia wants nothing to do with Marlo. Marlo, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that Marlo does want to be friends with Portia. I think Marlo has specifically picked a fight because she doesn't want to be friends with Portia, and she knows that she can like make. Portia like I, I think that that's the thing people like to fight with Portia because they they think that Portia is going to always react and the big thing this season is Portia is like done with people's drama because she has really had an about face and values different things now she's also a mother now and so for Portia it's like she's just not taking the bait anymore and I think that that is something that is really like grinding uh, Kenya and Marlo's gears. Like, I think it's annoying them that uh, that Portia's not taking the bait anymore. Well, and you know what? I I think we saw this at this dinner, right, that they're all out there right? at Blaze, Candy's new restaurant venture, um, doing like a tasting. And, you know, Marlo, like, she, like, tries to apologize, right? She's like, I don't know, she's spinning some story. Yeah. And, and Portia's just like, let's try the food. Like, doesn't even want to, like, have that conversation. No, she's um, done. She's made her, she's made her decision. And I am 100% with Portia. Like, don't waste your energy on people who can't be happy for you, for people who want to bring you down. Like, fuck them. I thought as well, you know, I think there's been some questions. I mean, I've certainly had them about Shamia. Like, like where, where, like, Shamia, like, she's come back in, like, what's the, what's her role in all of this? And I think in this episode, we started to see much more of this whole, like, what Shamia is about. And she was definitely Team Portia. And it, she was getting involved a little bit with, like, the drama. I don't want to say she was causing the drama, but she was you know, stirring the pot a little bit. I don't think she was stirring the pot. I think she was just making it known that, like, she is Team Portia. It is what it is. And that's who, honestly, if you look back, that's kind of who Shamia has always been. The one time that Shamia kind of wasn't this way is when her and Portia were having issues. And that that's, like, kind of, for me, I think the only time that Shamia has ever been, like, a bit more quiet. But... When Shamia first sort of was um, started appearing on Housewives, she was behaving this way. She was like team 
ride or die for Porsche. Because remember, they've always given Porsche shit. Yeah, I guess the it was when Phaedra started to get involved and they yeah. were, like, really, really tight that Shalia yep. was, like, off the Porsche bandwagon. Yeah. But, look, I wasn't mad that she was starting to, like, stir the pot a little bit, you know, because there was all these questions about when did Marlo get lipo? And, Moshi, that's my question to you today. When did Marlo get lipo? She 100% got lipo before they went on the trip to New Orleans. I... I thought lipo, you would need a much greater recovery time. I think it depends what kind of lipo you're getting. So I think like they're using lipo as like a general term, but I think that, you know, she probably got some sort of like sculpting, like it was something less invasive. Mm, One of those lunchtime procedures. One of those lunchtime procedures. Yes. You know, I feel like that's been a real theme on, a few of these franchises lately, it seems to be like the pandemic cosmetic surgery. It's been a lot it's of it. a better time because you have to just stay home. So the recovery is perfect. And people are like, wow, you like really like kept yourself in shape over the pandemic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that, I'm just annoyed that I didn't think of that. Like I should have saved my money last year so that like, when we reopened in Melbourne this year, I could be like, hello, look at me. No COVID-15 over here. But I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting story that Marlo tried to push about her, like, nephews jumping on her back. Um, but, yes, I don't know. I think the other thing that keeps coming up is this bloody bolo drama and Marlo again. It's the unseen footage. The unseen footage is back. We had an audio clip. Right. Well, the argument here is not so much like the issue is that they, they're still pushing for Candy to admit that she slept with Bolo. And what? Like, Hang on. Oh, not Candy. Sorry for Portia. Oh, I was going to say, slept. So I've, got, I've got candy on the brain. So they really, really want Portia to admit that she did this thing. And at the end of the day, when it comes to, like, who is not a shit talker, like, who is the only person that you could actually trust, they all know that Candy is the only person on this show who is trustworthy. She's the only person who has any integrity and so that's why it's so important that candy that they that candy admits it because they know that if people are always going to doubt the truth from kenya they're always going to doubt the truth from marlo but no one is going to doubt the truth from candy and i think candy also knows that about herself and she's like but i don't want to be part of this mess so i'm going to say nothing you know what I'm, I feel sorry for Candy. She should have just walked into that room and joined in. Well, I, I think she did it because um, Todd wasn't there and I think that's their arrangement. Like, I definitely think they still get into it with other people, but not unless both of them are, to, are there together. I want to see that show. I know you do. And that can be for your other podcast, <laughs> Patrizio After Dark. 
No, but I just think it's an interesting concept. I don't think it's anything that we've seen on Housewives before. I don't, I don't think we've seen anyone openly have an open marriage like that. Is there any other? Mike, I can't think of anyone on to, off the top of my head that was actually open about it throughout like a whole season without it being like. Okay, a- can I just, out of curiosity, who do you, who do you think in terms of like the Housewives sphere? might have an openish marriage or an open marriage. What other housewives do you think do? I mean, I think there was something to like the Mario and Ramona stuff. Like Ramona was like blindsided by it, but like people weren't surprised when Mario had his like affair and that maybe she'd known about it for a lot longer. Well, I mean, Luann, she's another one. Oh, yes, Luann had the open marriage. Yes. I, I'm sure that there's more that we can't think of right now. This is like a very like it's like brainstorming. Like you can't do it like on the spot. You need some time. I feel to like prepare. Nini and Nini and Ken kind of did, and then there was Kim and Big Papa. Like the more you think about it, the more they're up. But then I feel like when these things get brought up, they get brought up like as points of drama and like rather than it being like I want to see I want to see a thruple on one of these like real oh okay you want to see like two housewives married to the or like with the same husband or like one housewife who has like two husbands or like a housewife a house husband and a boyfriend and a third I I'm with you on that I'd be down to see that like if if a friend of, but the friend of is actually a third. I, look, I don't know, but we need diversity. <laughs> or even the lesbian housewife. Have we had a lesbian housewife? Well, Bronwyn, I believe Bronwyn Windenburg described herself as a lesbian and the last, proclaimed to be the first lesbian housewife. The last dying five minutes of her career on TV, yes. She did. Yeah, well, I know, we're sceptical. <sighs> well, you know what, actually, just on this point of like, you know, contentious relationships, the, the other drama that has come up this week is this whole profit lot and Latoya relationship, right? Oh my god! And the fact that now the prophet can't do the baby blessing, aka a christening that's not a christening for Drew. So, in the last few weeks that we have been off air, this story about Drew bringing Latoya to her church has come out in Atlanta, right? Because Latoya was really drunk. Uh, Drew. As a, as a good Christian woman, decided to take LaToya home in her car. In the car, the is it her assistant, Drew's assistant, is, like, in the car with them and starts talking to LaToya about how, like, she should come to church with him. And LaToya ends up going to the church. And that's where she meets this prophet. And Drew alleges that... Latoya is in a relationship with this man. They have been sleeping with each other. She she was overnight at his house or the other way around, whatever it was, right? But Latoya says that, no, it was purely a, I don't know, a spiritual guidance counseling session. That's why she wasn't drinking on the trip to New Orleans. 
But now at this like black owned business fair that Cynthia held or hosts. Cynthia and Portia host. The two of them. (laughs) uh, Drew reveals, yes, that this baby blessing can no longer go ahead because Prophet Lot is now in trouble with his fiance who has found out about all of this. I don't know. It's very convoluted. It's Bolo 2.0. Is any of it true, Moshi? No. <laughs> um, look, I, you know, to quote the thespian, uh, Teresa Giudice, where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay, <laughs> And, I mean, I'm sure on some level there's, like, some truth to it. But I think the overall arching thing here is that Drew is overreacting. A hundred percent. I like, I don't understand what the issue is. I I, I don't understand why Drew thinks like people's lives have been destroyed over this. And at the end of the day, it's like, I think she's trying to be the, the morality police, but it's like, at this point, all of you are sinners. Like, just let the mouse go. Yes. Thank you, Sutton. Well, and it develops further, right? So they end up at, like, Kenya's house and Latoya's there and Candy is the one that spills the tea and Latoya's like, well, let's call the prophet. So they call the prophet and they ask him all these questions. They get him to, like, they fact check basically, right? Did you think that his story was believable? I think that for sure he's 100% a dodgy human being. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I believe he is sus as fuck. Do I believe that LaToya is having sex with him? I don't. Because, but I, I mean, if she wanted to, she could. Um, do I believe that she went to him for life counselling, like life coaching initially? Hell yeah, I do. Because we know that she's vulnerable. She's in this separation. There's all, on the show, you know, she's probably found out that she's not going to be full time on the show. There's, you know, she's really going perhaps into a survival mode and trying to figure out, like, how is she going to stay afloat? How is she going to keep making money? How is she going to be able to keep looking after her children? Like, she's going through a lot of things. So I think, you know, you you might see a counsellor or a life coach or someone at this time. But I think what it ultimately comes down to with Drew is a little bit of jealousy. And I know, like, jealousy gets flown around, thrown around on all of these shows. Whenever somebody hates, it's always like, oh, jealousy, jealousy. You know, Mama D will tell you it's jealousy. But I think in this instance, um, Drew is making a mountain out of a molehill and is just jealous and just annoyed that this thing that she thought was hers and hers alone, that she has to share it with somebody else and that that person is Latoya. I don't see why Drew would even care about Latoya, like in, in terms of like, you know, being jealous of her. I think it's because she needs drama. It's just about creating drama and it's just about being annoyed. I don't know. I personally found the Prophet Lot's call to be confusing. I don't think it answered any of my questions. But he just I, wanted to be on the show. Well. He just wanted to be on the show. Like, 
100%. That's all he wanted. And the other side of the Drew thing is I think that if LaToya had come to, I think the other thing is why Drew's annoyed is because LaToya hasn't told her anything. You know what I mean? I think she thought that with this situation, LaToya would be coming to her. And I think she's annoyed that LaToya hasn't come to her about it. That's where I think the jealousy comes in. Well, lives have been ruined, Moshi, over the years. My life has been ruined. Destroyed. Time has been spent on it that could have been spent on other things. Uh, I disagree. I don't think they've got anything else that they could have <laughs> spent their time on. Um, you know, I guess the final piece has been this Kenya um, and Mark, I don't know, separation, custody, divorce, drama. They're, they're totally still having sex, by the way. You think so? When he came over and he stayed there, Kenya is still incredibly sexually attracted to this man. She is. Trust me. And she wanted to smash when he came over, and they did. And that's why he's able to, like, have this hold on her. Trust me, I can smell when somebody has a dick hold on you. (laughs) And that's ultimately, that's why she says that she wants to try every little thing. But I'm telling you, it's the sexual chemistry. Dick to bomb. Dick to bomb. Well, you know, she has this like massive, like, I don't know, like anxious break at the the blaze tasting dinner, right? Mm. Uh, and like she pulls like candy aside and she's like, I gotta go. Mark's it, here. I don't know what to do. It was very like, I, I don't know, it was a bit like blown blown back by it. I don't know what's the how do you say it? I don't know. Anyway, she was taken aback, perhaps is what I was trying to say. Mm. But then when they're at Kenya's house and they're like, how was how's the birthday party? I think you're right because she was like, it was so good. It was fabulous. We had a great time. Yes, she was like so happy. Yeah, they're smashing a hundred percent. Um, but like, where is the divorce? It needs to happen. It'll happen. But she just, she wants to be sure that she's explored every avenue. She also doesn't have a prenup. So I can kind of understand why she's possibly not in a hurry to, to divorce. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think the only two things I really want to talk about in terms of like Kenya's house was first of all, her incredibly poor hosting abilities again. The lack of food, the way that Marlo had to order in. It's just funny for me because coming off the back of New Orleans where she tried to read Drew for Phil for hosting the that getaway and it's like, Kenya, please stop. It was come terrible. at her for anything, but you can't come at her for hosting. She's She already beat you by the fact of, that they flew a private jet to get there. Like, you're done. But I think the MVP award does go to Marlo in this episode. I just want to say her boots with that little Chanel purse that she pulls the hand sanitizer out of. (laughs) I was living. That is high fashion. You're so easily pleased that sometimes it scares me. I'm not going to stand Marlo, but I am incredibly impressed. <laughs> no. For me, the whenever the OLGs are in the building, they are the MVPs for me. 
Yeah, that was pretty good. I did, I did enjoy Candy's mum like forgetting that she was wearing a face shield and trying to blow out the <laughs> blow candle. candles. It's kind of like when Ralph went to take a drink. Ah! <laughs> These face shields that are doing absolutely nothing. It's like it's, that's what makes it even funnier when they have these face face shield fails. It's definitely very interesting to watch um, the different sort of levels of <laughs> you know PPE that have been provided. Because um, yeah, the face shields were on, they were off. It was all a bit everywhere. They were everywhere. But I do want to say that of all of Candy's like restaurant ventures, Blaze Steakhouse, I'm down for that. I want to go there. I know. Opening a restaurant in a pandemic is definitely no easy feat. So hopefully you'll still be there, Moshi, if you ever make it out to Of course. I do think, though, that what I'm really waiting for is for Candy to open a strip club. And it will happen. She will go. She'll either like partner with somebody, like she'll go in on a strip club, like she'll invest in one if she hasn't already. And honestly, that is her business. Like, I think she should do it, especially Atlanta is the home of strip clubs in the US. So, you know what? I, I, I want to support you in that, but I think she would be better off running some sort of like virtual, like, website where you can procure videos or something like that. I don't you know. You mean Pornhub. It's, it's literally what I'm hearing you say is you're talking about Candy Hub. But strippers, virtual strippers perhaps. Like holograms? I don't know what it looks like, but I think, like, that's the future. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, can we take a little break and then come back and talk Dallas and New Jersey? Yes, the Dr. Tiffany Moon show coming up. <laughs> Moshi, we're back. We're going to talk now the Dr. Tiffany Moon show. <sighs> Episode... How are you feeling about this season so far? Thank you for that. That was my dog. Um, I, I feel the same way Maisie feels. I don't know. Was that a growl? <laughs> that was, was a growl. Like... That was like an, ugh, I hate Dallas growl. Yes, that's how I feel. You know what? It is... I think just, like, the more episodes that play, the, like, the more I realise how much trash there is on that show, and it's just, like, it needs to end quickly. Yeah, I feel like, I guess they're shooting during COVID, but, like, I don't know. I feel like they've been given enough, they've been given so much rope, and they've kind of hung themselves. Well, that is exactly what has happened. Um, you know, I guess last week they went on their like second cast trip of the season, third. I don't know, there's been a lot of cast. It feels trips. like it's the I, I guess because they went what? They did that vineyard sort of day trip, then they went away. Yeah. They keep they're they're probably the ones that are doing a lot of the away stuff. Well, they're in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Stephanie's hometown. Yes, because Stephanie wants to make them her Oklahomies. Yes. Um, you know what? I actually am really interested in how they have had to go to all these, like, relatively local locations mm. for cast trips. Like, I think it was really cool that we got to see South Carolina. Now we're seeing Oklahoma. Like, these are parts of America that would never be on 
like an international franchise of like a I reality show. So except South Carolina has a whole other reality show called Southern Charm, which is also on Bravo. So Well, Moshi <laughs> I live New in Orleans does as well. <laughs> I know her. Um so I think that's been really interesting. Um, but this trip has not been. Um you know, I think this episode starts out. You know, my first question is like, is redneck, redneck a derogatory term? This is that topic of discussion because apparently Stephanie is a redneck. So I think that this is one of those things where, like, I think comparatively to other terms that are used to describe people, that perhaps the way we look at the term redneck, we don't think of it as being like as offensive but I think and and people say it freely like it's not a cuss word or something like that but I think like if Stephanie wants to own it and she wants to like make it kind of like a positive thing and call herself a redneck then like she can go for it but um again it's not my place to say yeah I felt bad for Dr. Tiffany Moon because I feel like she was very conscious that perhaps it was derogatory that if you did call someone that that it was you know used to be offensive more often than not Um, but I feel like they kind of were like oh no it's fine you can use that term and then I don't know I don't know how I feel about that personally. Um, Well I think Dr. Tiffany Moon is just practicing what she preaches. I think she's trying to show two sides of the same story you know her we, we've had, like, this really emotional sort of situation with um, how, you know, Brandy was racist towards Asian people and and Tiffany has spoken a lot about her, per, like, personally, what she's had to overcome living in America. And I think, I mean, I hate to say, I guess it's almost like a side of privilege that Stephanie can kind of wear redneck with pride but I think it's similar to in Australia, you know, we have Bogan, which I think is kind of the same sort of thing. And we say Bogan freely. Um, and I have met people who are like, like I might call myself a Bogan and do it in a joking way because I do something that's like a little bit backwards or a little bit like the other word is Oka, like you know, really Aussie, but I've had people who are like, don't ever call me Bogan. Like that, like it's really offensive for them. There's no term of endearment in it. And so I really think it's one of those things that it depends who you're talking to, but I don't think like you should ever be like, you're a redneck. Like that's not the right context. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it is that, like, connotation with class, right? That Mm. I think in Australia, if you're a bogan, you're of, um, well, you're not as classy, perhaps. Yeah, it's definitely a class thing, yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting discussion. I thought it was, like, you know... in, in In the topics and the discussions around race in... Housewives of Dallas season. It was just sort of interesting that they've like managed to like throw rednecks into the mix as well. It was just sort of I'm like surprised it took this long. I don't know. I'm just like, why are we touching this? But you know, one part of like Southern culture that you know uh, Deandra does bring up is the two name Monica. <laughs> 
Moshi, what would your true name Monica be? I think it would have to be like Mashidi Jane. I'd have to be like a Moshi Jane. Don't you think? Oh, I would. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think I would do like a, like a Patty Poo. Like, I don't know. Like. Poo is not like a real name though. That's like a nickname. Like the, the whole thing about the two name Monica is your name has to be like Patty James or Patty Jimbo or Patty Dean. Hmm, interesting. Okay, well, I'm going to workshop my two-name Monica. I just love how Deandra just knows everything. Like, Deandra is Her like... name is D apostrophe Andra. Yeah, think she doesn't know. <laughs> but, like, as with everything this season, I'm sure there is, like, a deeper story behind how how she connects with people from the South. Oh, she 100% dated somebody called, like, Billy Bob at some point. You know she did. They did drugs together. They yeah. She had a whole Allegedly. life with him. Allegedly. <laughs> Wait, God, please do not, like, get us arrested. Your name would be, like, Bubba Joe. You'd be Bubba. Can we call you Bubba? Well, let's not. But, yes. <laughs> But, you know, this trip just turns into, like, an absolute shit show. I'm just going to call of it out. Of course it does. You know, and it's, you know. It's Can I just say something? All the trips have turned into a shit show. And at the centre of every shit show is one demon. Ugh. Do you really want to talk about her? Harry, I don't want to talk about her, but I want to acknowledge that she is the defining like she is the thing that is at the center of everything that goes crazy she's a demon well she just drinks too much and then she can't control herself that's the problem but But she's a demon she's just and even when she's not drinking she is so rude like i hate her okay so it, and it comes down to the pranks, right? So the first prank. <laughs> the fart bomb. <laughs> well, no, I'm actually going to start with the first prank was a couple of weeks ago and it was, um, oh, what's her name? The pink Cam. one. Cam. Cam. Yeah, when they went on that other trip. Yeah. When on the other trip, she organises the chainsaw massacre guy <laughs> to come and like scare the shit out of them. And literally three of them might like, piss their pants. <laughs> then on this trip, they've got the Bigfoot outfits that Steph and Brandy wear and they try <laughs> to scare them as well. Then there's the fart bomb that Dr. Tiffany Moon has procured from the like rest stop. I don't know. Who Can I just the say there. the fart bomb really took me back because that's a prank that I used to play a lot. And I'm not a good prankster, but I love a football. <laughs> um, and then there was the catch up in the bed prank. Okay, that was crossing <laughs> the line. And I have to agree with Cam. The moment you are like, they are guests in this property and you're literally like vandalizing the sheets like the fart bomb is fine I get it it stinks but you can like just throw it out it's gonna be done but Carrie did something that resulted in four loads of washing like it was disgraceful it was gross if that happened to me I actually just would have left I I, I would not have stayed the night 
I cry when I get a stain on my white T-shirt. Like, I think that's the end of the world. This woman is salsa all over bed sheets. I would, but is that even a prank? This is my question of the day. Is that actually even a prank? It's a prank if, like, you, nobody knows you've done it. They open their sheets and there's food and then they sleep in it. But you just, like, putting food on their bed because of, like, what you're annoyed about a fart bomb is not a prank. It's revenge and it's demonic <laughs> and it was dumb. So out of all of the listed pranks, which was your ultimate prank? Bigfoot and the chainsaw, but I also like the fart bomb. So I'm going to say all of them, but Carrie's one. <laughs> I, think... I know that wasn't the question. <laughs> uh, well, I think we can eliminate the, the ketchup. That was like not a prank. I want to say in third place was the Bigfoot one. I think okay. it was poorly executed. Um, and I just. Oh, thought... hang on. You're missing a prank. Which prank? The um cockroaches on the pizza. Was that a prank? Yeah, because Tiffany didn't tell them that they she put cockroaches on the pizza. <laughs> right. Well, I think in that case, in last place is the cockroaches on the pizza. <laughs> like that again, I don't know if that's a prank or not. Um, but it didn't end well and it wasn't it really funny. Well. It wasn't funny. I, then in the next place, because I can't remember Bigfoot. how many there are, is the Bigfoot. Yeah. I think the fart bomb. That comes Second next, place. It was funnier than the Bigfoot. But it was good. Second place, definitely. And Chainsaw, but 100%. The, the Chainsaw one. was a winner. Like, it came out of nowhere. Like, girl. Oh, hang on. Girl, that's so scary. What was it? What was the Frightening. Word? Girl, that's so frightening. And <laughs> that then, was like the safe word for the prank. <laughs> and it was not working. And the fact that like three of them pissed their pants. Like that <laughs> is a successful prank. To be fair, they've had children. So I do believe that one pisses their pants a little easier after childbirth. So that was funny. Regardless. That was funny. Um, you know, the only other thing I thought of while watching this cast trip was like, where is Jen? Like Jen was meant to be a friend of. Yeah. She's shown her face enough. I, I just, I don't, I don't even think she qualifies as a friend of, I think. So she, I, I'm pretty sure she was meant to have, what do they hold? Horseshoes? Is that what they hold? No, the, the star. star. They hold a lone star. Um, she has, she took, um, the PR photo. So she has a photo in a red dress that was that's been used on like a lot of marketing. So I suspect she was meant to be part of the show. And I suspect now that we're not seeing her, this is why she didn't end up being a full-time housewife. Yeah, you go show up to these car strips. Yeah, but I'm sure, I mean, we have to remember this is a pandemic. I'm pretty sure at some point she was just like, you know what, I can't be bothered. And you know what bit of news we didn't talk about is the fact that the Dallas reunion is being yeah. filmed at the moment and Carrie and Brandy both couldn't go because Carrie gets COVID and Brandy was her close contact. So they have to turn right on around and go back and they have to be in it virtually. And am I annoyed that the two worst people on that show couldn't physically be there? No. In fact, I'm calling it 
karma because I just think it's great that Dr. Tiffany Moon doesn't have to be in the same room as them to relive the trauma that they caused her. I mean, imagine having your very last reunion and you have to phone it in from home. I mean, it's iconic. It's iconic on COVID. She is that bitch. Well, speaking of bitches, (laughs) (laughs) when are you getting a dog psychic? Never. Were you impressed by the psychic that came No, because she was literally just telling them what they wanted to hear. The thing about her is that she didn't even fake trying to be a psychic. She just was like, I'm just going to straight up just tell you what you want to hear because your child is sitting right there. I think the only thing that I really don't like about this whole, like, dog psychic thing is how, what's Cam's, like, husband's name? Court. Court. How he keeps being, like, life is hard, so we have to do things to, like, lighten the mood, and, like, the dog psych is one of them. And I'm like, you are, like, so rich. I would love to know how your life is difficult. I'm just, like, spend your money on dumb shit, please. Just do it. (laughs) Because I never want to have to spend my money on this shit. So, yeah, go for it. Do you think Louis is going to come to the house with them, the new house? I think Louis is very happy to be rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is so mean. Oh, Imagine if that's actually the message the psychic received. It's just like, oh, shit. Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog's like... I don't think the dog, the dog thinks fancy is a bitch. Let's you and I really decipher what's going on. Louis hates fancy, hates that fancy has taken over. Louis is hated wearing all of those clothes and is like, burn them, burn them to the ground. <laughs> and he's like, I'm done with the Westcots. He's like, he's, imagine if Louis isn't even dead and he's just run away. <laughs> I mean, no, Cork killed the dog. We know that. Oh, we know that Cork <laughs> killed the dog. 100%. I think that is why. That's the real reason why Cork got a dog psychic because he <laughs> is feeling so guilty. Should we also talk about the fact that Cam got her dream house, which we all knew was going to happen anyway? I know. Like... And how emotional Cork was <laughs> when he was telling her about it. I was like, I, I don't trust this little man. <laughs> And it, well, that that was like a prank in itself. Those pranksters. They These pranks. They're all a bunch of pranksters. I, you, you know guys what? Guys are funny pranksters. If anyone is listening who wants to pull a prank on me, why don't you like tell me a house is off the market that I was interested in because you've bought it for me? Wow. And we can all laugh together afterwards <laughs> at how ridiculous <laughs> we all were. Honestly, honestly, that's hilarious. Like, these people have too much money. Like, it's actually an issue. I can't wait. But you know what happens when you start flaunting your money like this? You're only, like, a season and a half away from the IRS (laughs) taking it all. So, I mean, let's be honest. When Are we thinking it's next season that court's going to get done or is it the season after? When do you think? Well, I mean, it. It is true. The IRS has not made an appearance on the Dallas franchise as of yet, so it's coming. Do you know some tea? Court's brother, <laughs> whose name is Chart. He like I'm not even joking. If you follow Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo on Twitter and on Instagram, 
it's actually like the best housewives like tea site because they find all this stuff and they call chart shart which <laughs> just, that's why I was like trying to stifle a laugh because they always refer to him as shart but it, they've done like a huge expose on how dodgy he is and all this really bad stuff that he's done, like how he has this illegitimate child and he doesn't pay child support. And it, he also goes into talking about how um, Court and him, like they work in finance, but how they in, like how they inherited money from their dad and what their dad did. And it's um, a really kind of interesting story, specifically because their mum um Court and Chart's mom. I forget her name, but she has like a cute name. Shot I want to say Brucey. No, her name is like Brucey or something. She has like a masculine name and it's like cute. But she's like a huge philanthropist and gambler. Loves to play poker. And um she's not conventional mom, is what I'm saying. But yeah, there's they do a really huge expose. They've got it in their highlights on how Chart is dodgy as fuck he also trolls anyone who says anything bad about cam on instagram and is is really nasty about it so oh that's partly why i'm like the irs is not that far away (laughs) oh my god coming soon Um, like don't they just drive a jeep you'd expect that if they're buying a house like that they'd be driving a g-wagon like some things are not adding up it's like sorry i just want to say that like remember when when coach shah came to pick up jen from that party and he was just driving like a 1995 Pajero and we were all like how are they rich if he's driving a 1995 Pajero and it's like the signs were there we chose to ignore them <laughs> not the 95 Pajero <laughs> oh my God. those cars aren't cheap or it was like a land cruiser like they're not cheap cars but it's not a g-wagon when you're that rich, you drive a G-Wagon is all I'm saying. I know, at least a rental. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, or a Range Rover. And you know when the Range Rover is white, they're yeah. not that rich. <laughs> it's like Nini and the white fridge. Same same thing. Same energy. Same energy. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, what were your hot takes? Because you got some good ones today. <laughs> did, uh, did I, I think you just heard my hot, all of my hot takes about everyone. I'm just ripping into uh, everyone that's rich today. <laughs> well, here's another one to add on. What do you think about this whole like DeAndre's relationship with her stepmom and brother and the stepmom? So, yeah. I feel like every episode we pull back a layer of the onion, right? So the whole thing has always been like, okay, so what we know about Deandra is that she was a strange, she had an estranged relationship with her father. And at some point he created one will that left everything to Deandra. And then a second will was created that left every, like, I think that either split things up more evenly, but actually left some money to her brother and her stepmom. And at the time of his death, he was not having a good relationship with Deandra. But then what is it that we find out in this episode? That, um, oh, that the reason why her father had left everything for her in the will is because he didn't pay any child support. And I was like, I don't know the validity of that. I suspect maybe he didn't pay child support, which kind of also 
um, puts into context why Mama D, you know, went not went after, but was determined to find herself a wealthier man to to look to help look after her. But I think that Deandra will tell herself anything to justify not feeling guilty for taking all this money. It makes no sense to me that she would not split the money with the other child, regardless of what's in the will. Like if I had, you know, half siblings or step siblings, oh yeah, maybe half siblings, especially, and our parent had died. I I'm just like, they are that person's child too. They deserve as much of this as I get. Like it's not adding up. I mean, I, I think I agree with you. The thing that doesn't add up here is this whole like, well, I won't pay child support, but in like in consideration of that, I'll just give you all of my like inheritance when I die. It's sort of like a weird, a weird thing to have organized. Because um, I feel like if you're not paying child support, you probably aren't going to be paying out inheritance either. Thank you. Um, but I think that. I don't think Deandra was ever going to give him any money to the rest of no. them. Like, I, 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 unfortunately, I think she is a selfish person. She's an yeah. only child. Um, you know, she's got this like half brother, but you know, I don't think she really grew up with him or you know had much of a relationship with him. And you know, I, I don't know. I don't really understand her journey a lot of the time. It's Deandra's whole journey is about entitlement. Like, she is the 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 story that you tell your like that you're like this is why I I'm never gonna spoil my child or this is why I'm gonna make sure that my kid has a job like Deandra is what happens when somebody is allowed to be a brat into their forties and into their fifties. She's a cautionary tale, Moshi. She is a cautionary tale. That's the one. Well, I mean, next week we have a reunion, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I think the last thing I really want to talk about, you know, to round out the Dr. Tiffany Moon show recap this week is Dumpling Day. Uh, Dr. Tiffany Moon's mum comes over and they make dumplings for her birthday, but her mum's like, gotta go, like dad's at home, gotta like cook him lunch. And Dr. Moon's like, no, 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 what do you mean? You said you'd eat here, you gotta eat here. And mum, like, reluctantly has two dumplings together. And they have this, like, really emotional conversation where Dr. Tiffany Moon finally reveals, like, you know, how she feels and how, you know, she thinks that her mum neglected her throughout her youth and all the rest of it. And her mum's like, no, it wasn't like that and all the rest of it. Um, I just want to say that I think her mum was turning it on for the cameras. <laughs> I don't know. I was. Is that too insensitive, Moshi? I think that Dr. Tiffany Moon needs to not use a show to try and resolve her childhood trauma and her childhood issues and needs a therapist. Well, she has a therapist, so, like, she's got that covered. But I agree with you. I think that she is forcing her mum into these conversations by having Mm -hmm. cameras in the room, Mm -hmm. and which is why her mum was like, Anyway, gotta go. Dad's at home and he needs lunch because I think she knows where it's going as well. And yeah, I just don't think her mum. I well, I don't know. And then I think her mum is like forced into sort of like 
having these conversations and then you know says one thing on camera but I don't think it's the reality when the cameras are no longer there I think that though it is true that when you're a kid you see things completely differently and I look I'm not the same sort of genius that Dr Tiffany Moon is but there is a lot of what she says that I personally have like relate to and my own kind of traumas that I've had to uh, discuss with my parents and I've my situation has been like almost exactly the same you know I'll, I'll say something to my parents about how I felt as a child because this thing happened and my parents have a whole different perspective on it they come at it from a different way and I don't think that they're being insensitive I think they're just like being they're speaking their truth and at the end of the day unfortunately there is you know their truth your truth and then there's the truth that is actually half of what happened um I do think that Dr Tiffany is in a really unique position like she went to Cornell at 15 like that's like an Ivy League or like a very prestigious college so that's why she was able to be a doctor by 23 fully qualified because she started college at 15 like she is a prodigy she's an unusual child um and I think that her life because of that is different um I would actually say this is kind of weird but I would say watch Queen's Gambit on Netflix because I think that historically children who are gifted children who are talented they do have a lot of trauma in their life wow that just got real like deep real quick i mean britney michael jackson like the list is uh, drew barrymore like the list is endless you're looking at people who were you know prodigies or talents or geniuses at like incredibly young ages and unfortunately in order for them to be that successful there's like such a horrific amount of trauma in their lives and it's a shame that those two things have to go hand in hand and yeah but I just think that at this point stop using the show as therapy and I'm not saying that to be insensitive I'm just saying like if there's a real issue with your mom like find a way to get her in therapy when the cameras are off Totally. And don't force it on her because I don't think that will help the situation long term either. Yeah. I also don't think her mum, I think her, like her mum's living a much different life now. She's super chilled out. She doesn't have the same stresses. So I think that when she shows love for like her grandkids and she shows Tiffany love and she t- tells Tiffany that she's glad Tiffany can take a day off, like I actually think all of that is genuine. I don't think she's hamming it up for the cameras. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Moshi, let's take a quick break and then we're going to get into my favourites, the New Jersey Housewives. Moshi, let's get into the New Jersey Housewives. Can I just say that I watch, I don't watch a lot of reality TV. I kind of just keep myself to the Housewives hemisphere. And also I dabble in a bit of Kardashians and it has been hard work filming in a pandemic. I feel like a lot of these shows, it's like really like, you know, trying to draw blood to get like storylines out. I agree. 
I do not think that's the case for New Jersey, though. <laughs> I am thoroughly entertained every single week, and this week was no exception. I mean, oh, there's just, like, so much to get into. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that's come out of this whole, like, Jersey Shore trip. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think one of the big things is we're getting this whole, like, Jen versus Margaret feud starting to bubble away yeah i mean jen is clearly like not in a great place she's been drinking mark has like called her out for it and then jen went live on instagram like begging for a housekeeper or a maid or whatever she's trying to call it this week housekeeper because no she's calling her a nanny because she finds housekeeper degrading do you think housekeeper is degrading i don't I think it's in the same bubble as a redneck. I don't know. Like housekeeper, I think it's much more um I think a housekeeper is is a much better role than calling someone a maid or a cleaner. I I think housekeeper is somebody who is like responsible for the household and is doing a lot more than just, you know, one role. I actually think a housekeeper is a great term. I'd be proud to be called a housekeeper. I would hire an operations manager. For it's the same house. sort of thing. It's the same sort of thing. The housekeeper's the ops manager, mate. Oh, I feel like there would be like a very like you know English term as well, like the the which person... is housekeeper. No, I'm sure there's something else. I'm gonna I'm gonna marinate on and get back to you. Okay, <laughs> marinate on it then. <laughs> you know the other thing that Mark has clocked as well is that like Teresa is totally dating someone. She's oh. I love that. Like when I realized that Marge is like the ultimate bone collector, like the way she sniffs it out, she, that's how you know that Marge is like genuinely friends with people because she really is clued into people's behaviors and how they change. Is it Marg or Marge? It's the Marge. What about big Marge? Yeah. Marge senior. Marge senior. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, she's so good, isn't she? She's and, she's really clued into like people's psyches. Like and I love that. And Melissa knows the truth as well, but she's sworn to secrecy. But that is for me, that is so interesting because it's like they've had this tumultuous relationship, but we're really starting to see this season that underneath it all as a family unit they have grown like the fact that melissa is trusted with this information and melissa knows how important this information is which is why she's saying nothing i think melissa i think she you know what i'm not going to say teresa has grown perhaps she has she but I, think, I think it's truly <laughs> melissa i think melissa has finally understood Stood. She mm-hmm. gets it now mm-hmm. that, like, Teresa is who she is and you can either be on the Teresa train or you or can forget be, about like, it. run over by it. Like, so... Can I just say that I, too, have come to that exact same realisation and it's wild that it's taken this many seasons for me to get to that point because that's why now I've given up on Jackie. I'm just like, no, you cannot rationalise with this woman. She is what she is. And I've just got to accept it. 
Well, and then, like, this whole Melissa and Joe thing, like, you know, the relationship's in trouble. Like, Melissa is trying to break free. Joe wants her to, like, I don't know. What do you think? I'm just, I'm a bit bored You know what I think? We've seen it. We've heard it all before. Melissa loves to manufacture a storyline. That's all I Well, I I don't think it's, I don't think it's fake. Like, I think we get it. But for me, at the same time, it's like, Joe clearly obviously wanted to be on the show because the show's been good for him as well. But at the end of the day, and we say this a lot because in New Jersey, the husbands are integral for whatever reason to the show, but the show is the housewives of New Jersey. She is the person holding a turnpike. I know she's not really holding a turnpike, (laughs) but I will always say that they're holding a turnpike. And Joe needs to recognise that, like, he, if it wasn't for Melissa and Teresa, the women in his life, he wouldn't be on the show. So at the end of the day, he needs, oh, I'm just breaking things, sorry. He needs to pull his head in and he needs to, like, stop trying to control her because their kids are growing up, they're doing their own thing. In a couple of years, it's going to be just the two of them. So they're going to want to have hobbies. And also, I think he's just jealous because she's not being sued by people. Is that what it's come down to at this point? Like, no, I, he he's trouble. Like, let's be honest, Joe Gorga for everything, for as funny as he is, and for all that stuff, he's kind of a pig. Like, he's a bit of a dick. Oof. And no, he is. He's a chauvinist. He he's a misogynist. Like, he's incredibly sexist. But at the end of the day, like with, I think, I think for him in the back of his mind, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Joe. It's just like they they weren't prepared for the women in their lives to be this successful, and basically the men's a lot of the men's success is for is for women. Like he keeps harking on to wanting, you know, the, this the life that his parents had, and it's like. Are you fucking kidding me? It's the twenty first century. <laughs> like, you need to get over it. He's just old school Italian. There's no such thing anymore. At what point do we stop calling it old school and we just start calling it like deranged? Wow. It was old school in the nineties. It's not old school in the twenty twenty ones. Okay. We've gone through a pandemic at this point. Like, it's not old school anymore. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know who's got a new school relationship? Dolores and Frank Catania. Well, they, we also, I've told you this, and I keep saying this to you, they, they go really well together because they have a business relationship. They have a brand. They're doing building these houses and, you know, fixing them up and all that sort of shit. There's a lot of money involved in their, in keeping their relationship good. Just saying. Keep it good. Make it good. It's such a Jersey just, phrase. Make it good. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do just want to say that I hope that um, the biopsy that Dolores has comes back negative. I'm pretty sure it does. But, I mean, the only thing I really want to talk about this episode is the medium. And, you know, I love a psychic on these shows. They never lie. 
Well, you know what? I feel like in the in recent times, there's actually been a lot of like psychic mediums. Heaps. Yeah, I mean, I can just think of the last year alone. Salt Lake City, they had that like I don't know what she was like, human whisperer. Then like we've had the dog whisperer in the last episode of Dallas as well. Now we've got this medium, and I want to say she was amazing. Like I want to be read by her because I thought mm. she, she she does something. She did do something. But, I mean, she reminded me a lot of New York and Morocco. And when the tea was spilled there. Oh, my God. What's that? Please take us back. Hang on. Yeah. And then, and the, and the, um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, when they go on their trip to Morocco and, you know, like, um, Ramona is just disgusting. But basically the, um, the, the the medium and psychic there can only speak French. And so it's like between Kelly and Luann are trying to translate all the stuff that she's saying. And she basically told um, Ramona there and then that her husband was cheating on her. <laughs> like the, she told them all so many things and none of them listened. Well, I mean, yeah, this house, this uh, medium was amazing. I, I just was in awe. I almost cried. Like it was, it was a lot. What was your favorite reading that we got from her? Oh, I mean, I think I, I was really impressed with Michelle, um, mm. the friend of. She picked the the country that the grandfather or the father had come from. She picked the number of the date of birth like there was some very like good details there as well um i think marge i think that was really great the father-in-law like there was mm-hmm. seemed to be a lot of like really like key information that she got out of her um i mean dolores crying i thought that was insane i think the thing is like about dolores is like dolores came in being like skeptical and not wanting to be engaged with it and when you come in, like Dolores didn't come with her walls up. She sort of still came with an open heart because you still have to come with an open heart and mind. But I think she just didn't assume that it would be so spot on. I mean, the dog, Boo. The dog, when Boo, when she like called out Boo and she <laughs> broke down and I was like, Ooh. That's how I knew it was legit when Boo mm-hmm. was mentioned. Oh, my God. Is it just me or did she, we didn't, hear her do any reading of Teresa, did we? No, she said that Teresa's parents gave, like, the blessing or whatever of the new guy, wasn't it? Yeah. She sort of just, it was, like, very roundabout. But at the same time, I have to remember that, like, so much of it is edited and that we only really, like, that's why we saw the most about Dolores. I mean, like... Because it was the most compelling... You know what I really wanted to have happen at this medium reading is um, <laughs> Melissa Gorga's father to reveal the location of the missing sister. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm like, do you remember that other fake storyline? <laughs> oh, my God. Melissa's crazy antics and her crazy <laughs> fake storylines. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it was like if it was going to come out, now is when it would have come out. It would have come out then and there. And, like, now that it hasn't come out, we know that that whole storyline was is BS. A lie. BS. <laughs> the, the 
test determined it was a lie. It was a lie. Oh, my God. But, yes, I would have been gagged if, like, she had, like, turned around and been, like, your dad is behind you and also he says that your sister's, like, right here in this room also. I would have been, like, like. (laughs) (laughs) What I really loved finding out about was that Jen's great-great-uncle is a saint. That he was a martyr in... Uh, the Armenian genocide and I was like are we going to get the Kardashian crossover we didn't know we needed at that point oh my god I mean potentially because she's never spoken about her family um, in relation to being Armenian just only in relation to Turkey the place yes I mean, you know what? I actually found Jen this episode to be quite compelling to watch. I think her after this um, medium scene and then they're back at her place and um, she, her mum finally comes over while her dad is there and just the discussion that the four of them have um, about, you know, gender roles, I think, in Turkish families and the, the traditional relationships that once existed and how the mum's feeling now. I thought it was super interesting. I really enjoyed it. I think Jenny's always compelling when she's not drinking. Because if we think back, you know, when she was having those discussions with her mum when they were talking about her brother's sexuality and, you know, talking to her kids about it and trying to have that discussion. Like, Jen, when she's not drinking and, like, shit-stirring, the stuff that she brings to the table is amazing and it's powerful. Yeah, I don't want to say, I think, like, let's compare her with, like, Dr. Tiffany Moon. I think Dr. Tiffany Moon uses the cameras as, like, an ex- like as a way to talk to her mum, like, to force the mum into these conversations. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like Jen would be willing to have the same conversations off camera too. I agree. But it's, like, she doesn't need the camera there, but she's, like, you know, I think she sees, like, you know, how it could help perhaps yes. other people. Um, or that, you know, that it is just interesting, interesting TV. So, um, well, she has a, she has an interesting life because I also think that it is regardless of like her family history, she has like a lot of children and I think it is quite rare to have that many children in this day and age, regardless of where you're from. Um, especially like if you look at her sister, her sister doesn't have that many children, I, I mean, there's probably a plethora of reasons as to why, but I'm 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 just like, Jen is kind of really new age, but also you know you were talking before about like old school family values. Like she really is somebody who I think successfully walks the line between like being a traditionalist and also being progressive. Yes, I I think like she for me epitomizes. <laughs> what a modern day housewife is totally and i mean i think she just like obviously thinks her husband's like super hot so they were obviously just like making babies i like it she's i mean i hate to say this but she kind of reminds me of like a less douchey kyle oh yeah i can see that you can see that okay good um I will say that a couple of weeks ago on Watch What Happens Live, um, someone asked Andy about, like, which, like, houses he likes to, like, look at when they do, like, the <laughs> cut scenes. Yeah. And he, there was a mention of Jennifer Aiden's house, and I did clock this this week. The house is on quite a narrow lot. 
Yeah. But it's quite like the house itself is quite long. Yeah. It just was very interesting because I think there's this suggestion around like how much money they actually have. And that like, I think they, because, you know, she, she loves shopping from China and like, but then all of her designer wear is real. She is loves it? her real Chanel. I, I don't know. I see some of her Chanel and I'm like, that's not real Chanel. No, I, I, I'm the worst with this. There's an Instagram that does the fake uh, housewives fashion. Oh, because all of Ramona's stuff is fake. <laughs> and this Instagram account, who I can't remember, which is terrible of me, but they recently did a bit of like a check of like Jennifer Aiden's like Chanel and they were like, no, it's real. Like it's ugly, but it's real. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be like when, is it Karen Huger got the Fendi altered and uh, so there was like bits missing. No, that was fake because t- they had one of Teresa on the Oh, with the Balenciaga. The yeah, and it was like, that was also like fake. And then they compared it with Karen with the Fendi. I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> We love to see it. Well, Moshi, I think we have reached the end of another episode of the pod. The first episode of our new season. Who'd have thought three seasons already? I mean, this season hasn't ended yet. So (laughs) let's just see if we do another episode after this one. Uh, I was going to like make a comparison to another show that's been pumping out seasons like No Tomorrow. Real Housewives of Cheshire, but that's what we're like. We've had we kind of are. We're... Who who are you on the real? Like I think that I'm a Lauren. Uh, I think I would be a Dawn Ward. You're not. You're definitely not Dawn. You're more of a Tanya Barnsley. No way. I think Dawn. <laughs> Dawn is like direct and assertive, and she doesn't mince her words. You're too nice to be Dawn. Uh... You know who you are because you're always horny, is your Esther. <laughs> no, I'm not Esther. <laughs> I, you know who I want to be? I want to be Ampika. I want to be Ampika. Hi, girlies. <laughs> <laughs> she right. does that wave with the two hands. Nobody can see your hands waving. It's a podcast. All right, on that note, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. We hope you're happy that we're back. We're happy to be back. And we'll be back next week. I'll see you then. Bye.